The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Welcome to the zoo. With Sex Panther and Chubby Zebra. Regular season's over. It's bowl season. We're going to break this up into two episodes, do the first half of the bowls tonight, and we'll tackle the other half, the big games, in a couple weeks. But as usual, we're here with Chubby Zebra. Zebra, chit-chat a little pre-show. You're a little under the weather. What's going on? You know, it's the same thing that 80% of the town has, I think. Um, I'm not sure how we got it, what gave it to us, how we're going to get rid of it. But, you know, it's the scratchy throat, stuffy head aching fever i think i just need nyquil and i'd be good because that's what we used to take in these situations but now i'm like a threat to world health so <laughs> i have to stay away from everybody and you know people look at me cross-eyed if i cough so um feel feel better than i have in the last seven days so i'm getting there <laughs> kind of nice to have normal illnesses back where everything wasn't lumped into one covid thing right <laughs> Yeah, but anytime you cough or sneeze now, you're looked at looked at sideways by half the population. Where's so. your mask? Well, my mask is where it's always going to be, not on me. Oh, yeah. Another 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 topic for another day. Today we're going to talk about football, college football, the Bulls. This is tough. We you know we talked a little bit throughout the week leading up to this. Players entering transfer portal, guys that are going to the NFL. I mean. I hope you've got dug into this a little bit because I I picked the games based on 
the knowledge, the stats, and no different. I didn't really dig that deep into it. So I hope you did some work. And uh, the scary thing is, we're on three. We're on three of the same games tonight. And uh, don't know we're on the same side, but we're on three of the same games. So that should uh, prove to be very interesting. Rip the Band-Aid off right out of the gate. We're both on this game. This is, what bowl is this? The Hancock, I don't know it's Hancock Whitney Stadium. The Lending Tree Bowl. The Rice Owls and the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Yeah, Southern Miss, um, they kind of limped or limped into bowls eligibility with a six and six record but they have cashed five of their last six games the, the golden eagles they have a very good defense is which is why they're qualified for a bowl game they've allowed only 5.2 yards for play over the course of the season now rice they've had a quarterback shuffle all season they started out with wiley green and he got hurt and then went to tj mcmahon and he played well into the middle part of the season however when he went out versus western kentucky uh, their offensive production went with him. Since then, it's been a mixture of freshman quarterbacks, and it just hasn't worked that well. Since McMahon went out, Rice has averaged 12 points a game and only 4.6 yards per play over the last two. And defensively, Rice, they they get cooked. They allow 6.2 yards per play and rank outside the top 100 in both passing and rushing success rate allowed. Southern Miss, they like to run the ball, especially after starting quarterback Ty Keyes was lost for the season in October. However, Trey Lowe has filled in nicely and should be able to find holes in that Rice defense. I'm on Southern Miss in this one, and I'm laying the points. You know, I, it tells you how desperate they are for teams in these bowl games because Rice is at 5-7. and seven. They talk about those last three games when McMahon went out. Uh, 10 points, 7 points, 17 points. That's the offense, but the defense, particularly against UT San Antonio and Western Kentucky, which are really good offensive teams, um, but, man, gave up 86 points in those two games alone. Uh, There's nothing really noteworthy about this Rice team trying to find their signature win. Maybe maybe the Raging Cajuns, but they were only 6-6. and Um, Alabama-Birmingham, that's a quality win, but – there's not a lot to like about this Rice team. Southern Miss, you know, you look at their, the losses that they had. Coastal Carolina, McCall played in that game. Uh, Georgia State has been a decent team all season. Um, but it just seems like I trust the Golden Eagles a little bit more. And then it's the recency that you, you talked about without McMahon at quarterback. Rice just not getting anything going on offense at all. So the scary thing here, it didn't bode well during the regular season. We'll see if it's better in the bowl games. I'm laying the six and a half as well, putting my money on Southern Miss. Next game up, we're kind of going in order. So there might be some games here where you go back to back or uh, things like that. But next game up going in order is the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. The aforementioned Western Kentucky Hilltoppers going to take on the South Alabama Jaguars. Uh, you know, I've kind of been Western Kentucky all season, love their offense, love what they're doing. Didn't pay a whole lot of attention to South Alabama. And then you go and look, and it's like, holy shit, they're 10 and 2. They got a really good offense and a very, very stingy defense. They put together quite the, the winning streak coming into this game. They haven't lost in, I don't know, I'm looking at least five games, maybe longer than that 
But I, I don't know a lot about South Alabama. Like I said, coming into this, I treating this these games the same way I've treated the regular season. I know what I know about Western Kentucky. I don't know a lot about Southern Alabama. Southern Alabama is the favorite here. I expect this to be a close game, um, but Western Kentucky's getting the four and a half. Even if they lose, I think they can keep it within the four and a half. So I'm going to take the points, even though I think they actually can win this game outright. I'm going to take the points and put my money on those Hilltoppers. You know, I think I pay attention to what's going on to most of these schools over the course of the year, but South Alabama snuck up on me. I do a a bull pull with three college buddies who I go to Vegas with in March every year. And it's just a straight pick them, pick the winner and top two um, are treated to a dinner by the bottom two at one, one night while we're out there. And I got to this one and I'm like, Western Kentucky. And all of a sudden I look and I'm like, wait a minute, South Alabama's favored by almost a touchdown. So I had to do a little more looking. This team's good. I don't know why I didn't pay any attention to them during the course of the regular season, because all they did was was win games, and the games that they lost, they stayed close. They lost to UCLA by a point, and they lost to Troy by four. Um, I'm undefeated. I'm looking at that. Yeah. I don't know how what to make of this group, but I'm staying off of it. But this is actually one a, a bowl game that that piques my interest. Unfortunately, it's on like at my bedtime at nine o'clock on a Wednesday <laughs> night, so. Um, I might, I might have to tough it out on Thursday and, and stay up Wednesday night, the 21st and watch a little of this one. I might be able to watch it. I'll be in Vegas. It'll only be about what, six o'clock out there. I'd probably find something better to do. Which is about your bedtime. I, I tell you, you've kept me up tonight. Kept me up past my, my normal bedtime. So yeah, South Alabama, I, I, we never said their name all season long. And then you go look at them and like, holy crap, they're five points from being undefeated. So uh, interesting game. One of the more interesting games we're not on, um, actually, I believe it's tomorrow night, and that's that um, oh, UT San Antonio and Troy, right? Yeah, they play tomorrow afternoon, actually. Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow afternoon, yeah. So really, really interesting. I'll be home for that. So uh, interested in that game. But neither one of us are on that game. The next game you're on uh, should be another good one. We love these mid-major matchups. Middle Tennessee going against San Diego State. You know, these these early ones um, are the ones that I think you can kind of get a feel for a little bit. You mentioned earlier, you know, opt-outs and people going pro and, and transfer portal and things of that nature. A lot of these schools that are playing early don't have those players that are going to the NFL. They got guys that are going to compete. And these are the games that a lot of times turn out to be the fun ones to watch because you know a little bit more about the team. So San Diego State. They've won three of their last four to get the bowl eligibility, mainly because of their defense. They allowed just 5.0 yards per play. And over the last nine games, only Fresno State and San Jose State have been able to score more than 14 points against them. Middle Tennessee State, they're kind of a pass-happy offense, but quarterback Chase Cunningham has not been very good. He's had a passing grade of only 65.6 and averages only 6.9 yards per attempt. The biggest issue is his offensive line. He's had a crowded pocket on 33% of his dropbacks. The poor kid, one out of every three times he drops back, he's got a crowded pocket and he's he's in trouble. That's going to be a problem versus the Aztecs, which rank in the top 25 nationally in both pass rushing and coverage grade. Add to it, the Blue Raiders struggle to run the ball, averaging only 3.3 yards per carry. 
it's going to be a long Christmas Eve for that Middle Tennessee State offense. Jalen Maiden, he took over San Diego State quarterback job uh, around week six. And he's been better than expected, averaging 8.9 yards per attempt and 10 touchdowns in his seven starts. He's a dual threat quarterback, averaging 6.7 yards per carry. Look for him to have a big game in San Diego State to win this one as Santa begins his journey across the country. I'm once again laying the points. Give me San Diego State, and I'll lay the seven. Not where I thought you were going to be. You know, I, I gave this game a really good look, and I'm still looking at it. I'm I'm really tempted here, but I'm looking at San Diego State's schedule. They lost to Arizona. They're not good. Um, they I think their signature win might be the Toledo game. They got whacked by Boise State. They beat Hawaii. Sucks. Nevada sucks. UNLV sucks. There's not a signature win on this schedule except, like I said, maybe that Toledo game. And even that one, they got outplayed. Toledo just turned the ball over a lot. I don't like this San Diego State team at all. Um, you look at Middle Tennessee, they outscore San Diego State 29 to 21. Middle Tennessee's problem is their defense. They give up 413 yards a game, 291 in the air. But that might not be a problem against San Diego State, who only averages 170 yards passing per game. I actually think Middle Tennessee could win this game outright, plus the seven. I'm not going to doom you because, well, I wouldn't be doom you because I be, wouldn't be joining joining forces here with you. But I think I like Middle Tennessee in this game. I might grab a piece of it when I get back from Vegas. <laughs> All right, next game up. This is another one of yours. Memphis at Utah State. You know, Memphis, they, they finished uh, for what they would expect a little, you know, a disappointing six and six. They expected a little bit more, but four of those six losses, they came by one score or less. The Tigers' offense has been well-balanced, but the play of Seth Hennigan has been the key to success or the road to failure. Look for him to be going deep often because Utah State, they have one of the worst-ranked secondaries in the country. 40% of Hennigan's attempts this year have been balls over 10 yards downfield, and that number is likely going to be over 50% in this game. The Tigers' running game, it's average at best, but it might see some success because Aggie defense, they've struggled against the run. Utah State has a good quarterback, Logan Bonner, but he's out for the season. And Cooper Legas, well, he's been a below-average replacement. He's going to need to step up for the Aggies to win since beating Memphis is done via the air. Legas has averaged 7.0 yards per attempt, which is not that good. This game should see plenty of scoring with Memphis doing most of it. In the last seven games, Memphis has averaged 35.6 points per game, Utah State 27.3. I look for Memphis to get into the 40s in this one, and I'm not afraid to lay that seven. Give me Memphis minus seven points. Yeah, tons of moral support here. This same situation when I would look at Utah State's schedule. Um, I mean, they, they started the season horribly bad, a one in four to start the season. Then they put together some wins, but you look at these wins, they beat Air Force. That's probably their best win. Colorado State's not very good. New Mexico's terrible. Hawaii, again, is terrible. San Jose State is okay. Um, but their losses, all of their losses were double-digit blowouts. Like, none of them were close. Lost by almost 20 to Boise State. Lost by two touchdowns to Wyoming. Lost by 12 to BYU. 10 to UNLV. And UNLV's terrible. 
I think you're definitely on the right side of this game. I'll give you all the moral support I can and a heavy lean on Memphis. This is the part of the show where we're going to take a break. Max, why don't you tell the fine folks where they can join the book club? Yeah, it's it's funny. Is uh, Panther uh, wants me to do a book club commercial, but uh, I wasn't supposed to do a book club commercial. But here's a book club commercial for you. Go to thedegens.net. Sign up now for three free days. After that, it's $25 a month, and you get access to our private Discord where you can hang out with all of us DGens and, you know, have fun and bullshit with us and yada, yada, yada. If you book it, over to the book club. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DGens. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, Anywhere, use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but... If you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, and we are back. Next game up. Kind of going in order here when these games will be played. This one will be on December 27th. It's the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. They've really gone to hell in a handbasket with these names of these bulls, I tell you. Uh, Coastal Carolina Chancellors going against the East Carolina Pirates. You know, I, don't, I really liked Coastal Carolina in the COVID year and last year. And 
even this year they were they were playing really really well until Grayson McCall went down three weeks ago and when McCall went down the offense went down with them I think really if they go against any mediocre team or better you kind of have to fade Coastal Carolina that offense that was averaging 30 points per game over the course of you know the first 10 games only scored seven against James Madison did score 26 against Troy and still managed to lose by 19 points it's not a good combination when your offense is struggling because of quarterback play and your defense decides to take a shit at the same time. Giving up 92 points in their last two games, there's really nothing going right for this Coastal Carolina team. East Carolina, they really put together some wins at the end of the season. I'm not going to beat up on this team for losing by two to Cincinnati and getting absolutely slapped by Houston. Those are two really good teams. Against uh, those subpar competition, East Carolina held their own. I mean, they they actually whacked a really good Central Florida team. Uh, so I'm looking here. This is really more of a fade against Coastal Carolina than it is trusting East Carolina. But without Grayson McCall uh, taking the snaps, I I have no choice here but to fade the Chancellors. I'm going to lay the eight points and take the Pirates. You know, I know Grayson McCall did hit the transfer portal, and he's looking at some big uh, destinations like Auburn being one of them, but I'm not 100% sure. Before you play this, you might want to look, because unless I had a dream, I thought he was not going to play, and then decided he was going to play, which is pretty risky in a situation where you're in the transfer portal, but I'm not sure as his status. I know he's he's he is moving on to another program, and even if he does come back, how good is he going to be? He's been out since late October. Um, I think you're on the right side of this. It'd be very interesting to see if McCall does play, and if he does, what kind of effort and and productivity you get out of him. All right, next game up. Actually, some Power Five action here. Kansas going to take on Arkansas. That is the AutoZone Liberty Bowl down in Memphis. Arch, your Jayhawks are in their first bowl game since 2008. Lance Leipold, he's worked miracles in Lawrence. And it won't be long until someone comes calling with major dollars and he packs up the, the moving van and heads out. Arkansas, they've had a few opt-outs and could have more. Uh, Main ones are linebacker Bumper Poole, what a great name, and (laughs) wide receiver Jaden Hazelwood. But K.J. Jefferson, their quarterback, not only has he decided to play, he's returning for another season. Arkansas has been, we'll use quotations, unlucky, with four of their six losses being by three points or less. With Jefferson taking snaps and Raheem Sanders in the backfield, the Hogs should be able to run all over the Jayhawks, who have given up 5.5 yards per carry over the last three weeks, including Texas piling up 427 yards on the ground. Sanders averages over 6.5 yards per carry and has 40 runs of 10 yards or more. Jefferson, as a quarterback, has over 100 carries and averages 5.2 and has had 24 runs over 10 yards. A track meet might break out in the Liberty Bowl, as KU likes to run as well. Um, However, they've only averaged 3.7 yards per carry since Jaden Daniels returned from injury. 
as long as Arkansas stays focused, and that's a big if in a game like this, they should roll. Give me the pig suey and lay the points. I'm taking Arkansas minus three. Yeah, to your point on Arkansas, just in the last month, three losses by a combined seven points. That one touchdown is the difference between the six and six they are and the nine and three they could have been um, with, you know, huge wins over LSU really would have stood out if they had won that game. Looking at Kansas, this I mean, they were the darling, right? Early season, undefeated, beat Duke when they were both five and oh, and then nothing's gone right since. They've won one game in their last five, and in the four losses that they had, the lowest amount of points they'd given up was 35 to Baylor. Texas Tech hit them for 43. The Longhorns got them for 55. And K-State got them for 47. So this defense is Swiss cheese with holes in it all over the place. I agree with you. I think Arkansas hits those holes and takes full advantage, probably runs up the score here a little bit. Uh, Reality's setting in. I think Kansas kind of looked at the side of their helmets and said, hey, we're, we're a basketball school, not a football school. So uh, go, go in the right direction, but still some work to be done. I think the Razorbacks do take care of business. I'm going to lay those three points. I actually think they win pretty comfortably. So I'm jumping on the Razorbacks as well. Scared to death. That's two games, Chubby Zebra, that we agree on. Well, one let's, more. Let's see if we can make it two out of three by going oppo on this one. Uh, we'll see if we go oppo on this one. Last game we're going to talk about the Cheez-It Bowl on December 29th. That's a Thursday, which is also the reason we're doing that is that's the, the December 29th. Zebra and I will get together and do the rest of the bowl games. But uh, this will be the last one that we're going to cover. Oklahoma Sooners and the Florida State Seminoles. You know, Oklahoma, they finished Brent Venable's first season in Norman, a very disappointing 6-6. Six and six. However, in the games that Dylan Gabriel started and finished, they were 6-4. and four and all four losses coming by a one score or less. Gabriel, he had a solid first season in Norman, averaging 8.4 yards per attempt with 24 TDs and just six picks. However, Florida State defense is a strength, and their secondary is as well. So OU may need to look to the ground. And if they do, they're going to be without running back Eric Gray, who's declared for the NFL draft. However, They've got freshman Javante Barnes. He's going to be counted on to carry the load, not only in the bowl game, but in the next couple seasons. And he appears capable of doing just that. In less than 90 carries this season, he has 11 runs of 10 yards or more. Now, Florida State, they've been led by Jordan Travis, who's had a very good year. He's averaged over 8.9 yards per attempt. However, when you look at his overall stats, he's started to fade down the stretch a little bit. With a time off since the regular season ended, you know, have that fade continue to slide some more? Or is it going to, you know, propel him forward? Who knows? They're college kids. As long as Gabriel stays in the game, there's always a chance for a backdoor cover with him in Oklahoma. He hasn't lost a game by more than seven all year. And I don't think he's going to do it again this year as long as he stays healthy. I like the hook. I'm taking the Sooners plus the seven and a half. Oh, I gotta be honest. I hate that hook, but Florida state, you know, the Florida game that they finished up there Thanksgiving weekend rivalries, you kind of expect those things to be close. The defense gave up 38 points. 
But prior to that, they gave up 17, 3, 3, and 16. Now, albeit, admittedly, some subpar competition, but I haven't loved this Oklahoma team at all this year. I think the thing that really surprised me was when Brent Venables came over from Clemson, we thought, okay, at least the Sooners would play good defense, right? No, not at all. 30 points per game they've given up all season, uh, 450 yards per game, 190 on the ground. I mean, none of these numbers spell success, um, and it, it never really got better. I mean, they gave up 51 points to Texas Tech to finish the season uh, at Thanksgiving weekend. So uh, I, I don't know what to expect out of Oklahoma. This team sometimes shows up and keeps them close, and then – they pull a goose egg like they did against the Longhorns and just get absolutely slapped around. I like this Florida State team. I did not see this coming out of them this year. They really surprised me. Um, Travis has been uh, kind of a fine. Doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Four interceptions on the season. I, I like the way Florida State's going. I hate that hook, but I'm going to do it. We're going to be on opposite ends this time. I'm going to lay that chalk, put my money on the Seminoles. And that will wrap it up for the first half of our bowl season. Chubby Zebra, any final thoughts? Um, you know, I'm glad we didn't continue to go three for three on, on games that we are on, on the same side. Uh, you know, I'm just looking to continue uh, what's been a red hot streak. I mean, I four and in the conference championship week, uh, you know, like, like we talked about earlier, an eight and 17 start was, you know, I was buried, but, you know, since then it's, you know, 32, 17 and one. So I'm sitting at 40, 34 and one with a 54% uh, winning percentage, which is, I think finally gotten me into the black for the season and out of the red. So hopefully these five games, um, you know, produce a, a three and two or better. Uh, I like some of these smaller matchups just for the simple fact that the kids are playing, uh, you know, Look for opportunities here. Definitely do your homework before you play anything because, you know, with with transfers and opt-outs and coaches moving on, uh, it's sometimes a little bit difficult. So get on a good side of a line movement early. If you read about something that's happening before, you know, get it before you can. Don't wait until five minutes before kickoff to make your play. Get the best number you possibly can on each one of these games. Absolutely. Um, I, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about that Kansas-Arkansas game. I do have another play. Uh, under 69. The total on that is 69. I don't think we get that high. Kansas offense has kind of really been struggling, and Arkansas likes to run the ball. So I'm going to bet the under 69 on that game. You got any thoughts on that real quick? Um. Uh, 69 is a lot of points. Um, however, in the Oklahoma-Florida State game, you could very well see something along those lines. I think the total on that's around 65. Depends on what Kansas does offensively. Obviously, Arkansas is going to score in that game. Uh, the question is, is, is Kansas going to be able to keep it up as well? Because their strength has been the running game, and it just hasn't been there the last few weeks. So, um, again, a lot of this is going to depend on how motivated Arkansas is. And I think they got the kind of head coach that can keep a team focused and motivated in a game like this. So, uh, I definitely like Arkansas. I mean, that would be my favorite play of the two, but I'll, I would I would give you a strong lean on the under. Yeah, and I think um, big big game for both of them as far as recruiting too, because there's two teams trending the right direction. So I think they'd like to show out and um, not take that that game off. So yeah, looking forward to that game, one of the better ones. So all right, um, well before we get out of here, we got slapped together a parlay for the degenerates. 
Uh, do we take our? Do we avoid the the, the KODs, or we want to do? What do you want to do here? I I like. I mean, I definitely like the Southern Miss play, and I really like the Arkansas play. So I I'm fine with putting those two on there. All right, we'll put those on there, and we need one more. You feel really strongly? I went. I kind of faded you on the San Diego State. I think I like your Memphis play real well. I, I definitely like Memphis in that game. The seven, I mean, I'd much rather obviously have six and a half. Seven's a, you know, a dangerous potential push number. But, you know, as long as Memphis comes to play and, and, and Seth Hennigan is the Seth Hennigan that, that we think he can be, Utah State's going to struggle scoring and, and Memphis should should put up a lot. So um, I'd, I'd be comfortable going with that. Well, you've been carrying the hot hand for better than a month, so we'll run with your your pick there. Memphis, Southern Miss, and Arkansas, that will be your Chubby Panther parlay. You guys know we're hanging out on Facebook, we're on Twitter, but mostly, almost exclusively, it's right here on the book club. Get in there and shoot the shit with us. Call us out by name. Give us a holler. We'll holler right back. But most importantly, let us know what you're going to do during this bowl season and uh, what well, what you did over the at the end of the season, I guess, and what you're going to do this bowl season. Have a Merry Christmas, and we will talk to you again on the 29th. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.